0: Good morning, church. Well, I greet you from our home to your home. I must tell you that Evelyn and I really miss seeing you. We can't wait for when the church can come back and worship on site. We're really looking forward to that day. Well, these are interesting days, to say the least. These are difficult days, but I know God's going to help see us through it. Well, we're on the last Sunday of March and we are in our Relentless Sermon series. And we've been exploring topics like relentless change, relentless faith, relentless trust, relentless living. Well, today I believe God has given me a word for you to encourage you and we want to explore the subject of relentless hope, learning to have a hope that is relentless. I wanna invite you in your home to get your Bible and we're gonna look at Acts chapter 27. And we're gonna look at the story where Paul was shipwrecked on an island of Malta. Please take note of the boat behind me. And we're gonna explore some truths that I believe is going to bring encouragement to each and every one today. Well, in Acts chapter 27... You come to verse 41, that's the verse that tells us specifically about the shipwreck. We learned that the ship that Paul was on, it struck a sandbar and it ran onto the ground, and, and the bow of the boat stuck into the ground, and the back of the boat was just ripped to pieces. It was a shipwreck. It was disastrous. Now, we're going to see some great truths and great things we're going to look at today. And the first thing I want to talk to you about briefly, number one, is why do you sometimes make bad decisions that cause the storms to people around you? Why do we sometimes make bad choices that, that lead us into a storm and cause people to be caught in the same difficulty? It's not their fault, but it's your fault because you made, you made bad choices. Well, there's three things that I saw in our text. Number one, sometimes why we make bad choices that leads us into a storm is because we we listen to bad advice. I want you to look at verse nine down to verse 11. I mean, here they are, they're on this ship and much time had been lost. Paul's a prisoner on a ship. He's on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar, but they waited way too long and winter was approaching quickly and it, and it would be bad weather to travel. And so Paul warns them, there's 276 people on the ship, and Paul warns them, and he says to them, "Men, you need to hear me, this voyage is gonna be disastrous. It's not gonna go well. We could lose our ship, we could lose our cargo, and we could even lose our lives. I think that was good advice. I think that was godly, wise advice. But look at verse seven, the centurion. Instead of listening to the good godly advice of Paul, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship because I think he wanted them to get to Rome as soon as they could. You ever met people, they don't really want advice. They just wanna find someone to, to, to agree with what they've already decided in their heart to do. And sometimes we make bad choices because we get bad advice. The second thing I want you to write down in your notes, the second reason why we make bad life choices is because you, you follow the majority. I um, mean, you're going after the crowd. You're copying the crowd. And we need to know today that the majority is not always right. 276 people on the boat. And Paul looked at it one way. Well, Luke was with them. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Aristarchus was with them as well. And it's probably like three of them said we shouldn't do it. And 273 said we should. Look at verse 12. Since the harbor they were in was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on and we need to make it to our next destination. The majority said it. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's Right. And I wanna challenge you today to not copy the crowd, but copy Christ. Sometimes we make bad decisions because we follow the majority. But then there's number three. I mean, number three is simply this, because you are trusting your immediate circumstances. Because you're relying on your circumstance more than you're relying on Christ. You're looking at the way it looks now and the way that it feels now. If it looks good, it must be good. If it feels good, it must be right. We we should do it, and you're relying on your circumstance right now. Look at verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow. I mean, Paul had warned them, don't do it. I mean, winter's coming, this isn't good. We shouldn't do it. But instead of listening to Paul, they, they follow the owner of the ship and uh, and the captain of the ship, and they're now starting to sail. And it feels right, my goodness, we've got this gentle wind. And they saw their opportunities, so they pull up their anchor, and they start sailing along the shore of Crete. And you come to verse 14, before very long, a hurricane wind begins to blow, and a storm begins to rage. Suddenly, everything begins to change sometimes we make bad decisions that get us into life storms, is because we're relying and counting on our current circumstance. Three reasons, we listen to bad advice. Secondly, we follow the majority because we're counting and relying on our current circumstance. Those are the reasons which sometimes we make bad choices. Well, I want to share with you as we come down to number two, I want to answer the question, what can the storms of life do to you? And I think there's three things we need to learn about life storms. I don't want you to make these mistakes. I want these three things to be cautions for you. And I see it in Acts chapter 27. What are these three things? Number, number one, write this in your notes. Storms can cause you to drift, cause you to drift from your purpose cause you to get off course and drift from God's mission for you, God's plan for you, and God's purpose for you, and you get off course and you lose your direction, you lose your purpose, and you start to drift aimlessly. Look at verse 15. In verse 15, the ship was caught in the storm. (laughs) They're trying to go one way, but the storm was taking them another way. And they couldn't head into the wind. They couldn't go the direction they wanted. It says, so we gave way to it, and we were driven along. It's kind of like the wind was taking them wherever it wanted to take them, and they couldn't go in the direction that they wanted. They were drifting. Now, if you're not careful, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, a storm can cause you and I to drift and lose focus. This coronavirus, if we're not careful, it's going to cause us to drift. Don't drift away from God. Move towards God. if you would please, at verse 17. It tells us in the storm they passed ropes under the ship to hold it together. They're wrapping these ropes around the ship, trying to hold it together because they're afraid and because the ship is falling apart. And when you're falling apart in life, what do you try to do to hold yourself together? What life ropes are you trying to use to hold yourself together? I wanna say to you when you feel like you're coming apart, Get apart and be with God, and let him be that rope that holds you together. So the first caution is you could start to drift when you're in a storm. But then there's number two. Storms can actually cause you to discard of your priorities. They can actually cause you to throw away things that you should have kept. You used to value them, but you stopped valuing them. Look at verse number 18. They took such a violent battering from the storm. It tells us that the next day, they literally started to throw their cargo overboard. All their cargo, all their stuff. They valued it because it's on the ship. But now, in the middle of the storm, it's too heavy. And they're throwing the cargo overboard. And you come to verse 19, it's now the third day, and they're throwing the ship's tackle overboard. The cargo and the equipment, they're throwing overboard. Sometimes when we're in a storm, we, we start to discard of things that we, we should be valuing. Things like prayer. Don't stop praying. Last Sunday night, we had a a prayer gathering from our house that, I mean, close to 5,000 people have already watched on Facebook. We gotta keep praying, church, keep praying. Don't throw away prayer. We gotta keep reading God's word. Don't throw away God's word. And even though we have to physically distance from each other, we can still connect. My connect group that I'm involved in meets Wednesday mornings, and we met last Wednesday morning, this Wednesday morning, nine guys We did a Zoom conference call. It was great to see those guys. And I don't wanna lose that connection. I'd encourage you in your connect group, connect through a Zoom conference call. Keep in touch with each other. Don't let life storms cause you to discard of things that you value and that you know are important. Don't do that. But then there's number three. See, number one, you can begin to drift. Let's not drift. Number two, you can discard and throw away some things that you shouldn't, and priorities, you gotta keep those priorities right. But number three, storms can cause you to despair and lose all hope that you can actually get to the place that you're just ready to totally and 100% give up. Look at verse number 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, some 14 days have gone by. Can you imagine 14 days on a sailboat in the middle of a storm and it's black and dark. You can't see the sun in the day. and You can't see the stars at night. You can't see your way. It can get depressing. It can get discouraging. And it says the storm continued to rage in verse 20. But notice this, the last part of verse 20, it says we finally gave up all hope of being saved. You see, sometimes in the, in the middle of a storm and things get bad, we, we give up hope and we begin to despair. You see, in this coronavirus thing, I don't know how long it's gonna last. I know God's gonna help us. I know we're gonna get through it. I don't want you to drift. Don't Don't drift. You may not be physically at church, keep watching online, keep connecting with God. I don't want you to discard and throw away things that are important. I want you to stay close to God, close to his word, close to one another. We need each other. And I don't want you to despair. I don't want you to lose hope. So I wanna take you to number three. This this is the big question. This is what I'm gonna close this sermon with. What anchors do you have while you're in a storm what's the hope that we have what anchors can we have one of the most ancient symbols in christianity is actually the anchor and the boat anchor is a symbol of hope a symbol of stability it's a symbol of of security And we have an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. I love this verse. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You see, everyone on the boat, except for Paul and Luke and Aristarchus, they were were in panic mode. But Paul, he was at peace. Everyone on the boat was in fear, but but Paul and the other two were, were walking in faith. Everyone on the boat was in chaos, but not Paul. He was calm. He had a different perspective. Why? Because he had hope. I want to leave you with three anchors, three anchors of hope. Write this in your notes. Number one, the presence of God. That's the first anchor. And the presence of God teaches me that he's he's with you and he's with me always. Never leaves us and he never forsakes us. You may not feel him, but he's here. You may not see him, but he's here. What a great anchor. Look at verse 21 down to verse 23. After they'd gone a long time without food, two weeks gone by, they had not eaten. Paul stands up before them, and he says, man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. A little bit of a told you so. <laughs> I like that. But then he said, now I urge you, keep up courage. He's trying to put courage into all those guys. And then he goes on to say that last night, during the night, an angel of God to whom I serve and to whom I belong stood right beside me. Wow. Paul was telling everybody during the night there was an angel of God standing beside me, right beside me. I'll tell you, the anchor we have in this coronavirus is the presence of God. Of God, i tell you, there might be two meters between you and me when we're on the street, and we're out in the public, and we might be physically and socially distancing ourselves from each other, but Jesus doesn't physically distance himself from you. The Jesus who's in you is the Jesus who's beside you. We've got an anchor, don't we? And that first anchor is the presence of God. The second anchor is the purpose of God. What a great anchor. And that anchor teaches us that the purpose of God is greater than the storm. I mean, the storm of the coronavirus might be great and it might be big, but God is greater and his purpose is greater. The purpose of God is always greater than the storm that we're in. Look at verse 24. And the angel said to Paul, do not be afraid. I love those words. We don't have to be afraid. I think we need to fear not. We need to have peace in our hearts and a calmness in our hearts. And then the angel said to Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar. Now think about it. He's on that ship, on his way to Rome, to stand trial before Caesar for for a crime he didn't commit, to give his testimony before Caesar. He had that privilege to do that. And the storm was trying to stop him from getting there. But the angel of God said to Paul, don't you be afraid. You must, not you might, you must, you will. It is certain that you're gonna stand trial before Caesar. I'll tell you why because the purposes of God are always greater than the storms that we're in. I can't wait to see what God's gonna do through the coronavirus. I think he's up to something big and great. And I don't want us to drift, I don't want us to discard, I don't want us to despair, I want us to hold on to God and know that he's got a great purpose that's huge and big, greater than the storm. The first anchor is the presence of God. The second anchor is the purpose of God. But the third and the final anchor is the promises, the promises of God. And I want to tell you, the promises of God can be trusted. And I want to encourage you to find a promise in God's word. Hold on to it. Let it be your life preserver to get you to the safety of the island, if you will. Hold on to a promise of God that will help keep you to get you through this difficult season. You see, we got the anchor of the presence of God. We got the anchor of the purpose of God, but we've also got the anchor of the promises of God and the promises of God can be trusted. Let me read to you a few final verses. I want you to look at verse 25. After the angel of God appeared to Paul, it tells us that he got up and he said to, the, to everyone on the boat, he said, keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God. He didn't have faith. He didn't put his faith in the sailors. He didn't put his faith in the, in the captain of the ship. He didn't put his faith in the owner of the ship. He didn't even put his faith in the ship. He put his faith in... In God, it's in God we trust, my friends. He put his faith in God. He said that it will happen just as he told me. He was holding on to a promise of God. Then he said, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. I mean, we're putting our trust in God, our faith in God, but nevertheless, we're gonna have a shipwreck, church. This coronavirus is like a shipwreck. It's global. It's a pandemic. I don't know when it's gonna end, but let's put our faith, our faith, our faith in God. I want you to look at verse 30. In an attempt to escape from the ship, some of the sailors actually lowered the lifeboat. (laughs) They wanted to get off the ship. They wanted to get in the lifeboat. They wanted to get in that little rinky-dinky little lifeboat and just get away from the ship. That's what they wanted to do. But look at verse 31. Paul sees them and he says to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul said, "Gus, don't leave the ship. And if you leave the ship, if you leave the ship, you will not be saved. And so they were so convicted, the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and they let it drift away. You know what, in the middle of the coronavirus, we can have our own little man-made lifeboats. That we're trying to find our safety and our security in. I mean, I mean, we don't have security now in the stock market. We, many of you, you're looking at your retirement funds and they've gone down. There's many of you in the church family where your job is now gone and you're laid off, and and you're you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But church, your security is is not in anyone else other than God. You see, God promised. God promised to take care of them on that ship, and God promises that He will take care of you. Put your faith in God. Maybe we need to cut the ropes, proverbially, of a man made lifeboat. Stock markets can go up and down, and a job might come and go, and there can be uncertainty and insecurity in the world, but our faith is in God. Stay with the ship. Stay with the Savior. Don't abandon your faith in God. This is the time to press in to God. Look at verse 34. Paul then said to him, now I urge you to eat some food. Two weeks had gone by. They didn't really think about eating. They're in the middle of a storm. He says, you guys have gotta eat some food. So in verse 35, he literally took some bread. And then he gave thanks to God. Took some bread. And he gave thanks to God in front of them all. And then he broke it. And he began to eat the bread. And then it says they were all encouraged. And they began to eat some food themselves. Now don't miss this. They weren't encouraged because they were eating food. Now that's not what it says. They were encouraged. Then they ate some food. I'll tell you why they were encouraged. They saw Paul holding on to the bread and they heard him giving thanks to God. You know what, friends? Your attitude of gratitude in the middle of this storm of the coronavirus can be contagious and unconvinced will help bring calmness to people who are panicking. Could you and I as a church give them thanks? Not for the storm, but in the storm. Let us be the calming influence to a chaotic world. That's what Paul did on that ship that day. Why don't you look at verse 39? it's a great verse, and I want you to underline these words, when daylight came, oh, aren't those great words? I mean, 14 days of darkness, no sun, no stars, but when daylight came, and I want you to know the day's going to come that this coronavirus is going to end. And daylight's going to come. The day's going to come that we as a church are not going to be gathering our homes like we are now. We're going to be back at church, lifting our hands and and worshiping God together. It might feel like it's night, but daylight is going to come. Jump down to verse 43. He, the centurion, ordered those who could swim. The boat is now shipwrecked, and it's, it's on that sandbar, and they could see the island of Malta. And so the centurion said, those that could swim, jump overboard and, and get to the land. But many of you, you're living in verse 44 of Acts 27. I want you to see this. It says, the rest, and many of you today, you're going, I'm a part of the rest. The rest who couldn't swim to the shore because they didn't know how to swim or they, they couldn't swim to the shore because they were so tired. They got there on planks. They got there on pieces of the ship. They got a little piece of the ship and they, they held on to it and they floated on that little plank, that little broken piece from the ship and that got them to safety. Can I suggest to you today that that plank, that broken little piece from the ship that they floated on to safety represents a promise of God. And I want to encourage you to find a promise of God in the Bible and hold on to it. I'm going to tell you two promises. One promise is a promise that my wife Evelyn has held on to through all of our life crisis and I know that she's holding on today, and for those of you that know her, she loves Psalm 91. That's her plank, that's the wood that she's holding on to. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's her plank, that's what she's holding on to. Let me tell you the plank that I'm holding on to. It's found in Ezekiel chapter three, verse 24. In verse 27, I' mean in Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 24, it says, "Then the spirit came into me. The plank that I'm holding on to is that the Spirit of God would come into me. I mean like you, I need strength, like you, I need encouragement, like you, I, I need the spirit to come into me. I'm holding on to that. It said, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. I'm claiming that promise for my life. Spirit of God, freshly come in me. Spirit of God, help me as the captain of this ship called Woodville to stand firm and stand strong. Then it said he spoke to me. I want you to notice these words. What did God say to Ezekiel? Ezekiel 3, 24, go shut yourself inside your house. It wasn't Doug Ford that told him to do that wasn't Justin Trudeau that told him to do that. This was a Holy Ghost quarantine. God said to Ezekiel, you go and you shut yourself inside your house. I want you to look at verse 27. But when I speak to you, not if I speak to you, when I speak to you, you just go shut yourself in the house and I'm going to speak to you. He said, I'm going to open your mouth and you will say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Church, that's my plank. I'm shutting myself in my house. And I'm saying, God, Spirit of women, God, speak to me. Bring me to my feet. Speak to me, give me a word for this church that's in season and that's gonna be encouraging to them. That's, that's the promise that I'm holding on to. So let's bring this together. Don't, don't listen to bad advice, listen to godly advice. Don't follow the majority. Follow Jesus. Don't rely on your circumstance. Rely on Christ. Be careful that you're not drifting. Let's not drift. Let's not drift. Be careful that you're not discarding. Be careful that you're not living in despair. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. What are those anchors? The presence of God. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. What is the anchor? It's the purposes of God. His purposes are always greater than the storm that we're in. What is the anchor? It's not just his presence. It's not just his purpose. It's the promises of God. We can trust in him. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray for you, church. But before I do, next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. It's Palm Sunday. I can't wait to preach. It'll happen online. But next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. It's Communion Sunday. So here's what we're going to do. I want to encourage you in your home to this week, get ready for communion, get some bread or crackers and get some juice, grapefruit juice. You might have to improvise. I think God's okay with that. Use some other kind of juice. And next Sunday online, I'm gonna lead you in church family communion. And on Palm Sunday, I've got a word that's stirring in my heart that I can't wait to share. Thank you for listening to this message. I trust that it's been encouraging and helpful to you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for our church family. And I thank you for those that are watching online in our city and across the province, across Canada, And around the world, God, no doubt thousands of people have joined in today. I pray in the name of the Lord that we would not drift. I pray in the name of the Lord that we would not discard what we should value. And I pray that we would not despair. I pray in the name of the Lord that everyone would cast me and hold on to the truth of the presence of God that you never leave us. God, that we would hold on, that your purposes are greater than the storm and that, God, that we would cling to the promises of God. Help us to find a plank. Help us to find a promise and hold on to it. Let your peace be upon everyone. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. God bless you. We love you dearly. Hello, everyone. I trust that you've been encouraged and challenged by both the worship today and the message by Pastor Mark. It is really great to connect with each and every one of you This way for some of you, maybe this is brand new and you're wondering who Jesus is and how you can connect with him. I would love the opportunity to pray with you today to allow you to accept him into your life and experience the freedom that he gives. So why don't we pray together? Heavenly father, we thank you for the relationship that we can have with you. We thank you for the freedom that you give us. God, you also during times of difficulty, stress, anxiety, and fear, you relieve us of that through relationship and the love that you offer. So God, I pray today for each person who would love to receive you into their life, experience relationship, love, and forgiveness. So we ask for that today in Jesus' name, amen. If you don't currently attend a church, we would love for you to continue connecting at Woodvale. Head over to our website, www.woodvale.ca forward slash connect card, fill it in and we would be glad to connect with you over the next few days. We also invite you to connect with us on the different social media platforms that we have. For example, we have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course our website. On all of those, you can get the latest updates of where we're at as a church and get the latest information. Thanks again, everyone for joining us today. And we want to continue to connect with you once again next week, next Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Be blessed.